1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for the eternal life. To the king of all of ages, immortal and visible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with your prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Well, at this point in our service, let me take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone who's been involved today. Uh, thank you to the boys and girls from Sunday School who led the opening part of our service. Uh, thank you as well to Joanna and her team of Sunday School teachers. Uh, we really appreciate all the work that you have done in preparation for this service and for all that you've done since Sunday School restarted. Uh, thank you as well to Ailey uh, for telling us more about how she trusted in the Lord Jesus and of how she's following him. And thank you to David and Joanne, our Bible class leaders, uh, for all their work with our young people. It's very much appreciated. Uh, for just a few moments this morning, I want us to think about and reflect on the Christmas story of how Jesus came into the world. One, one of the most obvious signs that the Christmas season has begun is the appearance of nativity scenes. Nativity scenes are, are great for getting in the mood for Christmas. Maybe you've got one in your house at the moment. Nativity scenes helpfully remind us what Christmas is all about, even if Mary always looks remarkably unexhausted for someone who has just given birth and the animals look surprisingly unbothered at being kept from their feeding trough. But the danger with Christmas nativity scenes is that we can end up trivializing the message and story of Christmas. We can end up trivializing it so much that we end up saying, isn't Christmas lovely? It's a time for sentiment. It's a time for sweet scenes and nice songs. But there's nothing that arrests us, nothing for us to deal with. There's nothing to make us think. Uh, it might be that you're here this morning as a big person and you're thinking that, as well as Christmas just being another holiday season, you've also got some objections to the Christian understanding of Christmas. So you see the nativity scenes, you go to the nativity plays, you attend one or two carol services, but gnawing away at the back of your mind is the thought that what Christians believe isn't true, that what Christians believe isn't relevant, and that what Christians believe doesn't do any good. I, I want to address those three objections this morning by thinking about just one verse from the, the section of the Bible that Finley read for us earlier in the service. We read from 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I want to focus on verse 15. The Apostle Paul is the human author of 1 Timothy, and he writes this. He says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. You might be thinking, well, that isn't a very Christmassy verse. 
What about the shepherds and the angels and the baby? It is a Christmassy verse though because it says that Christ Jesus came into our world to, to save sinners. And that's what we think about at Christmas, Jesus coming into our world. 1 Timothy 1.15 addresses three objections we've already mentioned. And I want to show you how very, very quickly. It won't take very long at all. Let's deal with objection number one. You're not sure that the Christmas story, the Christian faith, is true. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. The nativity scenes are beautiful. The carol services make us feel good. But is it true? What does Paul say? Well, he begins verse 15 by telling us, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Paul uses this phrase five times over two New Testament letters that he writes. Each time he uses the phrase, he provides a pithy, almost proverbial saying, which would have been familiar to his first readers. The point of what he says, or the meaning of the phrase, is that what he is writing is a faithful presentation of God's message. He's saying that the, the, the content of the gospel is true and trustworthy, and that's in comparison to the speculation and false teaching that was rife in Paul's day. At this moment in time, in this era of history, we're receiving the most news and information of any generation. That's very positive and very good. But as we know, we can be misled by fake news. Our world has never been more connected. We've never had so much information at the click of a button. But yet we can't trust everything that we read and see. The point that Paul is making, though, is that the Christian faith is true. And it's important to see that he's not just saying that it's true for him. He's saying that it's true in the ultimate sense. And the basis for saying that is who God is. If God is perfect, then he cannot lie. Because if he lied, he would not be perfect. What we have recorded in the Bible is God's truth. What Paul says could be said of the whole Bible. It is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. So objection one to the Christmas story, to the Christian faith. You're not sure that it's true. 1 Timothy 1.15 says it's trustworthy and it deserves your full acceptance. Objection two to the Christmas story, to the Christian faith, is that you're not sure that it's relevant. It might be true, but why does it matter? Let's read the verse again. It says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. The relevance to us comes through what Paul says at the end. He says that Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. In this verse, Paul says that he is the chief of sinners, the biggest sinner of all. It's really quite something. This is one of the most significant leaders of the early church. The context of this verse is that Paul is writing a letter to his young ministry apprentice, Timothy. But he says that he is the greatest sinner, the biggest sinner, the number one sinner. We might say that it's not a particularly glowing reference. It's probably not what a young ministry apprentice needed to hear, but, but it is a refreshingly biblical way of looking at your life. Paul says that he is the chief of sinners, but the reality is that we could all say that of ourselves. The Bible's teaching on sin is extensive, but the basic statistics and facts make for difficult reading. The headline statistic is that one out of one person sins. 100% of people sin. And sin affects us all in different ways, but it's present in all of our hearts. Sin leads to death, both physical and spiritual, unless it is dealt with. And we cannot come into God's presence if it isn't dealt with. He is perfect, remember, as well as not being able to lie. He cannot tolerate sin. 
Sin is one of those things that our society and culture doesn't really talk about. We never really talk about the root of our problems in this world, the sin in my life, the sin in your life. Gnawing away at the back of your mind is the thought that what Christians believe isn't relevant, but the statistics don't lie. They have been independent, independently verified by God himself, and he is perfect and does not lie. One out of one person sins. That's why the Christmas story is relevant. Our sin needs to be dealt with. We can't deal with it ourselves. Which takes us to our final objection. Maybe you followed me so far, accepted the responses to the first two objections, but now you're thinking, what does the Christian faith offer me compared to anything else? Your third objection is that you can't see that it would do any good. You can't see that it would do any good to follow the God that we've spoken of this morning, to follow the Lord Jesus. The, the answer, answer to that objection that is that the true story of Christmas is objectively and fundamentally good news. Christmas brings us the bad news of our sin, but it also brings us the good news that someone has done something about it. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here's the logic of this verse in this talk. The Christmas story, the Christ Christian faith is objectively true. The Bible is true, and we can say that on the basis of the character of God. The Bible also reveals to us that we have a huge problem that we can't deal with ourselves. One out of one of us sins. Sin leads to death, both physical and, and spiritual. And unless it's dealt with, we cannot enter God's presence. But someone has come. Someone has done something. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He has come into our world as a baby, born of a virgin by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was led in a downtrodden manger surrounded by animals and societal, cultural and religious outsiders, shepherds and wise men. Having come into the world, Jesus was not marked by the defining feature of humanity, sin. He lived a perfect life because as well as being fully man, he was fully God. Despite his perfection and sinlessness, he was tried, convicted, and killed for crimes and sins that he did not commit. But having died, he didn't remain dead. He rose from the grave three days later. And on top of all that, the Bible tells us that all those who repent of their sin and believe in Jesus have the promise of, their sin, of having their sins forgiven and the hope of eternal life. That that is the qualitative difference between the Christian faith and anything else the world has to offer. Anything else is simply just a sticking plaster. The Christmas story, the Christian faith, is the only story, the only news that does any good. The danger with nativity scenes is that we end up trivializing the story and message of Christmas. We can end up trivializing it so much that we end up saying, isn't Christmas just a lovely time of year? It's a time for sentiment. It's a time for sweet scenes and nice songs. As well, and as well as thinking that Christmas is just another holiday season, you've perhaps got some objections to the, to the Christian understanding of Christmas. What we've done this morning is deal with those objections and we've thought them through using 1 Timothy 1.15. You're not sure that the Christmas story, the Christian faith is true. The Christmas story and the Christian faith is objectively true. The basis for that is of who God is. You're not sure that the Christmas story, the Christian faith is relevant. One out of one person sins and sin leads to death, both physical and spiritual. And unless it's dealt with, we cannot come into God's presence. And you can't see that the Christmas story, 
the Christian faith would do any good. The Christmas story, the Christian faith, is the news that we can be saved because Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. How will you respond to Jesus this Christmas? This time of year is more than just another holiday season. It's a time that reminds us that the Savior has come into time and space and history, all so that we might be rescued from ourselves. We're so encouraged to see our meeting house so well filled this morning. It's great that you've joined with us. We hope that you have a brilliant Christmas, but we also hope and pray that if you haven't already, you'll come to trust in Christ Jesus, who came into the world to save sinners. Let's pray for a moment together. Father, we thank you for your word to us, and we thank you that it tells us that the Christmas story is true, that the Christmas story is relevant, and that the Christmas story does the ultimate good, because in coming to our world, Jesus has come to save us. And we pray that you would help us to trust in Jesus and to follow him and to come to know him for the first time in this Christmas season. We pray that you would bless us and be with us as a church family and as individuals. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.